News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air on News Talk. But uh, first, hospital or health staff, I should say, have been told to make themselves available for weekend work over the next two to three weeks as overcrowding issues continue in hospitals across the country. The HSE has told hospitals to immediately outline their plans for seven day working for staff. Uh, joining us is this Stephen Mulvaney, HSE Chief Executive Officer. Stephen, your winter plan, it's just not working. Clearly, the, the, the winter plan and the multi-annual plans that we've been putting in place at this stage is not sufficient to, to deal with what we see as a clear patient safety risk in front of us. So uh, that's partly because the levels of flu in, in particular are much higher than even our worst, uh, most pessimistic modelling. So we've an exceptional season with both COVID, COVID, RSV and also flu. And unfortunately, we haven't yet seen the peak of flu. So yes, we have over the, for the next two to three weekends, we have asked the uh, hospital groups and, and uh, community health care organisations to move as far towards what we call 7 over 7 working, in other words, extra weekend working. Uh, in well, what what does 7 over 7 mean, sorry, just for the so, so for, the, yeah, for lay so people in, like in effect, myself? Um, Shane, our particular hospital services work 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but they don't work at the highest capacity level, particularly on Saturdays and Sundays. They do most of their... Uh, diagnostic work and most of their discharge work, uh, you know, sending patients back home or onto to other um, facilities uh, during Monday to Friday. And when things are running normally, they would seek to balance that out so that they get enough discharges during the week to compensate for the lower level, but the still level of uh, admissions we have at the weekend. Things are at the point now where we've asked the, the staff to uh, come in over the, the next two to three weekends so we can try and balance that load and actually avoid as much as possible what could be a, you know, a okay. higher level of trolleys otherwise. Is, is that so pa- pa- patients can be discharged? Exactly. It's so patients can be assessed, moved through the system and then hopefully discharged and try to mitigate as much as possible, you know, reduce uh, what is the normal cadence. So we had very high levels, exceptionally high levels of what we call trolleys, people waiting for admission at 8am yeah. at the start of this week. It's come down, thankfully. Now, it comes down towards the end of every week anyway. However, yeah. it's also come down this week because of exceptional efforts from the staff, our consultants, our nurses, and all our support staff in community and hospital. Okay. It's uh, just not enough. Given no, what but Stephen, I'm just wondering, like, we're 2023, like, how... I, I can remember this issue of, of discha- the, the delay in discharging patients. I can remember it being talked 25 years ago. How are we only now at a point where we're actually bringing in a measure to tackle that, that idea of people who are in hospital over the weekend and they actually should be at home? Yes, you know, it's, it's a fair comment. I'm in the service 25 years. It is a perennial problem in this country and, and in other countries, unfortunately. The, this year in particular, it is the confluence of uh, you know, the, our attempting recovery from the last two years of COVID. COVID still circulating. Uh, reasonably high levels of COVID, a really bad year with, with a, a virus called RSV, and exceptionally high levels of influenza uh, infection in the system. And unfortunately, they have not yet peaked, is, is the only way we can say it. So as we look out, um, and I think we, we know we need to move to what's the longer-term solution, that's not going to help us in the next eight to ten weeks, and that's, that's the current focus. But we know we have government okay. policy around long care, which sets out what that path is. We have substantial investment, particularly over the last three years, in capacity in community and, and hospital. But again, that's not for now. For now, the issue is 
responding to what we see in front of us. And we, we, we don't take for granted the fact that our staff, who in fairness are tired. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. But we also know our staff have always responded uh, to patient safety issues. And that's what this really is. Okay. A, a patient safety matter. You'll be more aware of the figures than anyone, but we've heard them over the last couple of days. Uh, almost 2,000 patients at an emergency department had to wait over 24 hours last week. We had that case of a woman, a seven-year-old woman, 57 hours in a chair. Like, how can you, as chief executive of the HSE, stand over that? I can't, Shane. I couldn't possibly try to defend it, and I don't. Um, it's it's not acceptable to me. Crucially, it's clearly not acceptable or the right thing for the patients, and it's definitely not acceptable to our staff. That's not the type of care our staff want to provide. They will always do their best to make people as comfortable as possible, but we all know you, you, you couldn't walk around our emergency departments, as myself and national team members have been in recent weeks, and be anything but um, upset by what we see. Uh, so, so no, we don't stand over. So, why are certain hospitals? The other thing that really stands out from this is it's the same hospitals over and over again that are the worst performers. Now they will say, "Oh, we just don't have another capacity." But the question, you know, needs to be asked: like, is management doing a good enough job in certain hospitals? So it's, it's not a simple question, Shane. I think the reality is. As you said, there is variation in the level of weights, the level of performance between different hospitals. We have some hospitals who have a small number who haven't had trolleys or haven't had a significant problem with what we call trolleys or people waiting for permission, and other hospitals are much more challenged. Can we explain all that by the difference in the kind of the capacity and demand pressures on different sites? No, we can't at least readily. So there is an element of process. There is an element of uh, you know, pathways and... OK, but where, where's the accountability for that, though? When will people be held accountable for that? If if certain hospitals are not performing as well as others, where's the accountability? And when will that accountability be introduced? Again, it, look, it's, it's not as simple as simply saying somebody's doing a bad job, tell them to do a good job. We, we know that these things are complicated. We, ha- we are trying to support all of our sites. Yeah, but sorry, Stephen, I'm sorry to cut across. It's not a simple thing, but there are performance indicators. They're used all the time in, 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 in the private sector and even in the public sector. And if you don't live up to those performance indicators, then there's a price to be paid. No, I, I hear you, Shane. I wouldn't make a direct comparison between the, the, the public and private sector. Health is probably the most complex uh, business that there is uh, around the world. And this is a problem around the world. So again, that's not to kind of distract from it. So our focus is on supporting our management teams, our clinical staff, our nursing staff to do the best that they can and to improve. And they and we know they can improve. You can't do it in the short term. Uh, It is a medium to longer term effort. And it does, an element of it is, in fairness, additional capacity. We do need to continue to invest. Well, let's talk talk about that additional capacity. And I I accept your point. This isn't going to solve the problem over the next few weeks. And it it, it seems that it it could take weeks, as you you were saying yesterday, for the the various uh, viruses to to, to peak. But... Like and I know the HSE has been making this argument in in recent years, not so much in the last year or two for various reasons, but for extra beds. I mean, I've heard people saying five thousand beds is what's required actually to address this issue. Do you have a figure? Don't have. I don't have a simple figure, um, uh, Shane, because we we have a, a 2018 bed capacity review, uh, which the department conducted with our support. That set out a certain number of beds. In fairness, by one measure, we're actually making good progress in that. We haven't put in, and this is thanks to the fairness of investment the government has made, we've put in over 950 beds in the last three years. I've gone back over the last 40 years. There hasn't been that level of increase in hospital beds uh, over that period. Now, so 
is there is there a commitment to and evidence of government investment in capacity? Yes. Is all that capacity needed in hospitals? No. It's hospitals and community. And we've seen that, uh, particularly over the last uh, three years. In fairness, there's about 1.7 billion worth of pure new development investment to permanently strengthen the health service. Yeah. That's, that's really, really important. We also know that needs to continue. And government has given clear signals that it's supportive of that. But as well as that, that is not going to be sufficient. We do need to continue to work with, with the services in order to make sure we're making the okay, best use okay. of that resource. Final, final question to you. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've been a journalist for, I don't know what, uh, near the, the 30 years, and I don't remember a winter. I don't remember a January where we haven't been talking about this story. I accept this year is worse than other years. Like, are we are we locked into this forever, into this endless cycle uh, that, that um, we are going to have this? Or, or can we ever break this cycle? Yeah, it, cer- it certainly can feel like that. Um, Shane would disagree with the introduction there. The reality is that Sloan to Care, the government policy, sets out the way we need to plot ourselves out of this being a perennial problem. And that is about changing the size and shape of the health service. It is about, you know, more self-care, more, less complex care, building up our community services. And there is huge investment in France gone into that. We have about 3,500 additional... So will that break the cycle? Will it end the groundhog, the January groundhog day? Over time, but I think we'll we'll be measuring time in not two or three years. We'll be measuring time in five or six years. Over time, I believe we have that capacity. It requires continued commitment investment, and con- which is what government has indicated it's willing to do, but also continue commitment to change, to move to more integrated services. So yes, there is a way out of it, but again, for now our, our, our focus is on managing the system we have, okay. particularly for the next 8 to 10 weeks. Steve Mulvaney, HSE Interim Chief Executive Officer, uh, thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.